0: This is the Saxo Market Call. Daily insights on what is moving the financial markets. Hello and welcome to the Saxo Market Call. It's Tuesday, 15th of November 2022 and markets still in a pretty good mood, especially in the Asian session overnight. I suppose uh, mostly about the friendly tone uh, between Xi and Biden. In the summit yesterday, they talked for some three hours. The statement's quite friendly on both sides, uh, and chastising uh, Russia for any, and, and in general, any power from waving the nuclear threat uh, around uh, seemed to show a you know, pretty good vibe. I, I guess you could say some people saying, well, this has sta- established a floor on the U.S.-China relationship. There's still lots of broken glass around, and, and the two sides are still carrying around some heavy objects. I thought that was a funny observation I saw on, on Twitter from George Magnus. But uh, nonetheless, it, obviously, it's better than uh, the alternative, which would have been a very unpleasant summit. So that's not what we got. Markets in a great mood out in China. Perhaps some soft Chinese data encouraging the hopes for uh, new stimulus coming online from China. Uh, but we still have this really key uh, resistance we've talked about uh, in place in the S&P 500, for example, as you can see on slide two of the S&P 500 chart, that 4,000-plus area. Of course, it's a big round number, but it's also a key retracement of that that big down wave from the. Uh, sort of, I guess, it's August highs to the October lows. Uh, and then you see the 200-day moving average starting to creep into the picture as well, coming in below 4,100. So that's the first key resistance zone. Peter, you've talked about model-based at potentially rising to 4,200 if we get uh, further drops in uh, in yields here. Yeah, and yields pretty sideways. There's a lot of headlines and fuss about Brainerd, uh, the vice chair of the Fed, coming out with some, some somewhat less uh, hawkish rhetoric. We No big surprise there. She is the dove on the FOMC. Uh, but she's basically just confirming what the forward market is pricing anyway, and saying that the Fed should soon consider reducing the pace of hikes. And she also said that we still have more to do. So there was really no forward adjustment again on where the Fed is expected to be uh, relative to the big move, which was off the of Thursday CPI last week. So I don't know if you're picking up on anything else in in this market here, uh, Peter, after after yesterday's session and this crazy session overnight
1: no but very uh, very convenient of not just just talk about where the market is already pricing things that ensure that so you're not saying something outrageous um now if you look at the uh if we look at the the session we had yesterday we um we had a, a session generally with the uh, with equities coming down uh bubble stocks giving back some of their gains down three percent chinese consumer technology companies uh, those basketball and commodities were doing a little bit better em as well defense. Still strong uh, as as commodities, and uh, I put in on slide three um, a little bit of an overview here. I think sometimes I think it's uh, when the news flow is uh, is less, um, is, uh when there's less volume in the news flow. It's it's good to zoom out, and it, this is a, draw, a drawdown chart we have shown before on this uh, this podcast. And the uh, the thick uh, dark blue line there is the current drawdown cycle that uh, that started uh, basically at the beginning of this year. And, um and as you can see I mean, you, you said it before we went on the uh, on the podcast John that um well it, it doesn't really it, it feels like a, a big jump in, in, in equities. but when you when you zoom out here it doesn't look that uh, particularly strong in a way and we're just following the the drawdown cycle and patterns that we have seen in in, in past cycles and i would say still keep that in mind that the first 11 months of this uh, drawdown cycle have been merely to change in, in FED's terminal uh, policy rate and high interest rate, total repricing of that. None whatsoever a repricing in terms of uh, earnings slowdown or earnings recession or even a global economic recession. So that's not even in the cards. And if we get that, we will get one of the longest drawdowns in uh, in the past um, 80, 90 years, I think, if, if that is what we transcend into. So um, I, think, I think that's really something to have in, in mind here when you think about equity markets.
0: Yeah, and then in FX with this uh, drawdown or draw up, I should say, almost melt up in sentiment overnight. Uh, we're seeing the dollar weaker. We're seeing something like the Aussie with that hopes of Chinese stimulus and then the strong Asian markets coming up higher. A couple of interesting observations uh, uh, on that. On slide four, you can see the Aussie dollar chart, and we're reaching a key local Fibonacci retracement 6770 area uh, on that chart. Uh, that's of the local down wave. The bigger down wave would be from the uh, 75 plus uh, high. You can see back there from the from the spring. But uh, a couple things here. So the uh, RBA forward expectations continue to be very low relative to the Fed, and the rate spread between the U.S. and Australia has really hardly budged off the low. So there's not a whole lot of support from that angle. You also have these higher yields, uh, risking uh, a bigger risk into the Australian economy when you have so many floating rate mortgages uh, in Australia. But uh, let's see if the um, if the uh, sentiment boost continues here. The dollar quite a uh, downtrend as you can see on our FX board, reaching that minus uh, six reading on the strength it's a pretty rarefied atmosphere to get a reading uh, of that strength or weakness uh, in absolute terms uh, of six or more uh, so uh the, and i think the next key test from here uh, and with yields lower you're seeing things like the yen rebounding a bit the swiss franc even more so uh, the next focus i think is uh, current uh specific currency wise will be sterling over the autumn budget statement on thursday a couple of new uh, updates on what's likely to be in that statement Uh, I don't know if you'd call it leaks, but some some news on what Sunak is considering, uh, the prime minister of the UK and uh, Jeremy Hunt, the chancellor, looking at uh, actually re-implementing the so-called triple lock under which the uh, pension benefits will rise according to the highest of inflation uh, wages or uh, 2.5%. Uh, That was suspended because of some uh, pandemic effects around wages that would have uh, led to an incredibly large increase uh, in the pensions. But if that is set, uh, they'd better hope that inflation is coming down. Otherwise, the fiscal dynamics become a little bit dodgy, to say the least. As well, looking at a 40 percent windfall tax on electricity providers. uh, That's new. And then extending the oil and gas windfall tax uh, out to 2028 and raising it to 35 percent from 25 percent. Uh, but speaking of oil and uh, energy, we're, we're just seem to be bogging down here. This is it's pretty low energy in the energy markets. I have to say, uh, Ola, given uh, all the excitement around p- potential Chinese stimulus, you would have thought we would have gotten a bigger a signal in, in crude oil or, or a bigger pickup in crude oil from that development overnight.
2: Indeed, John. But uh, yes, you're right. We haven't. And uh, the, the energy right now in the energy sector is really in the gas market where we're seen gas prices both in Europe and U.S. moving higher um, due to. Due to weather, uh, change in the weather over the coming uh, coming couple of weeks, uh, colder, a cold front coming in. So that's raising demand and that's uh, giving price a boost. But uh, crude oil is uh, stuck in the range, as you can see here, in the in the 90s for when it comes to Brent. Um, what probably triggered some of the weakness yesterday was uh, the monthly oil market report out from OPEC. Uh, they cut their quote, uh, Q4 uh, outlook and uh, also lowered their, their 23 demand outlook. The Q4 is not a surprise because obviously uh, they need to justify the uh, production cut that they implemented here at the start of beginning of November. And uh, by the the two downgrades they're done now in October and November, basically they're their forecast is now in line with the actual cut they made so uh so hey um, let's see how that how that plays out but uh generally i think from an oil market uh, a bit longer term perspective uh it's it's still Im- important to note that uh with all the talk about recession uh slowdown in economic growth and so on we are still seeing no change, no um drop in demand in 23 you can see the um the different uh, forecasters, they have different levels, but OPEC is the most optimistic, seeing a uh, demand growth in, in the region of 2.2 2 million barrels, while the EIA is, uh, is down below 1.2. We got the IEA out this morning. It's uh, the, the result will be out by the time this podcast is released, so we'll see what what happens there. But generally, it's a range-bound market with softness in Q4, but still uh, expectations for for the market to tighten as we move into 23, unless we get a, a really serious uh, economic slowdown and i think staying with the uh, you mentioned the dollar john and staying with the dollar the that that uh, that drop we had last week also impacted uh, the speculators in the metal market we got the cut report out last night it was delayed from last friday due to the veterans day and we did see uh, non surprise not not surprisingly we saw quite a big uh, reduction in short positions especially in gold where the, the short was cut by 80% to 8.2 uh, 8200 lots this was as of last tuesday so so the the spike that we saw uh, Thursday and Friday would obviously have further reduced that short and probably turned into a long we'll, we'll only know next Friday when we got the next the batch of data out but as you can see the key focus right now is the dollar uh, the dollar has really been become a, a major driver for for the metals market here so um, and uh, and copper as well with what's happening in in, in China so um, keep an eye on the dollar uh, and that that basically how it shows the uh, shows the direction for now. And just finishing off the gold section, I sent out a tweet on uh, yesterday in, uh, just highlighting that we we this market has come become a buy on dip instead of a sell into strength market at least for now. We've had only three shallow corrections uh, since the low at, in uh, early November, and uh, they have been all been followed by strong moves to the upside. So that's the sentiment at least for now. And if I might, might as well just finish off the uh, the commodity sector. Staying with the COT report, one thing is that has been what I find a bit interesting is that the uh, the the short selling interest in wheat continues. Again, on, into, up until last Tuesday, the net short in Chicago wheat jumped to the high since June, June 2020. Uh, there is ample supply right now. We're coming out of the harvest season across the world. We have still got grains moving out of uh, out of Ukraine, and at the same time, so the uh, the uh, the, very, the very strong dollar, at least up until now, has also prevented some uh, or has led made US wheat less competitive, and that has uh, forced a reduction in the price. But uh, but generally speculators are geared for for lower prices still so uh, keep an eye on that
0: all right back over to the equity market uh peter we've got some uh you've got some focus here on some big uh, semi makers semiconductor makers
1: yeah um semiconductors definitely in the in the focus today uh in as we start with the uh, the german semiconductors manufacturer here beats on their uh on the, in their fiscal q4 result which was out this morning it, it ended in on the 30th of september Um so they are now officially in a new fiscal year and but they they beat uh, estimates on both revenue and operating income, but even more importantly, in the outlook, the current uh, fiscal year that will end in September next year, they are putting out a, a what is called a segment profit margin guidance of 24% versus 22.2 and 15 billion euros of revenue, uh, 15.5, sorry, billions in revenue versus 15 billion expected by the market. So uh, very, I haven't seen how it has reacted in, uh, in pre-market trading, uh, sorry, in in initial uh, trading here in Germany but um, I suspect that the uh, the sentiment is quite good around Infineon very strong numbers out there and then Berkshire Hathaway and Warren Buffett is is slowly warming up I think this is part of uh, the transition to a new leadership at Berkshire Hathaway when uh, Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger is not here uh, you can see that Berkshire Hathaway is slowly increasing its exposure and expanding its footprint in technology so now they have exposure to Apple HP and Snowflake and today in a filing, they are reporting that they have taken a four billion dollars stake in TSMC, which is this uh, Taiwanese uh, semiconductor manufacturer that was sort of invented the whole foundry model where you could uh, mass produce semiconductors with. There, uh, you came with a design, so maybe you went to Arm Holdings, you got a, a specific design for a very special purpose chip that you had to 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 make for some some type of uh, equipment. And then you would go to TSMC and you would mass produce it in their foundry. Very successful business model and the model that Intel is trying to emulate and copy in the years ahead. And TSMC, maybe this has been uh, one of the reasons as well for Berkshire Hathaway's uh, exposure to TSMC is that they are rapidly expanding their exposure, uh, manufacturing exposure in in the US. Uh, Recently, they announced another uh, fab, as they're called, Uh, a facility for producing these semiconductors again again in in Idaho or was it uh, Arizona. When we look ahead, uh, earnings watch today, uh, U.S. earnings, Walmart and Home Depot, both companies are giants in the U.S. consumer sector and revenue growth is coming down pretty rapidly for both companies. Home Depot is expected to uh, to maintain their operating margins, where Walmart is actually expecting to see a drop of uh, 100 basis points compared to a year ago. So in any case, I'm, I'm very curious to see how the margins are stacking up for those two companies. And then we have Sea Limited, the previous darling of uh, the equity market. They're expected to see revenue growth of only, and I'm saying only, but uh, 12% compared to 122% annualized growth just a year ago. So a, a massive Drop-in growth there for this Southeast Asia gaming and e-commerce company.
0: Yeah, I have to imagine Walmart, a retailer like that, selling uh, uh, what it sells, 100 basis points is a lot in terms of their yes. margins. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I'm going hand over to new leadership, but I guess maybe about time at some point, Charlie Munger turns 99 on January 1st. Um, a Pretty remarkable uh, story with him and uh, Buffett. All right, let's go to the macro calendar. Um, we have uh, quite a few things on there, but uh, it's, most of it's not market-moving stuff. The, the PPI is traditionally not a, a big market mover in the U.S., even though it perhaps isn't uh, so justified. But uh, we'll get that data point today. We have a Fed voter for next year out speaking, Feds Harker, and uh, on the Board of Governors, Barr is out speaking for a Senate panel today. Uh, but otherwise, it's uh, small bits and pieces uh, until the the bigger events tomorrow, I think the October retail sales, and uh, <clears throat> that'll be interesting. And then the uh, NAHB housing market index, which gives a sense of the further scale of deceleration in the U.S. housing market, which must be quite tremendous given where mortgage rates have gone, and now they've sat there for, for quite a few months now. But again, the, the big macro event of the week, for at least for specific currencies, is certainly that U.K. autumn budget statement and how the market reacts around that. Looking at the price action in Euro Sterling, it feels like the market is uh, pretty uh, itchy around this uh, statement, and maybe taking an opinion or taking a view on the uh, outlook for Sterling, which uh, we're still quite negative on. And but it's just hard to be negative on anything in this environment when you have a, quite a remarkable melt up in sentiment, and that tends to support. Uh, sterling, at least at the margin. Okay, so I think it's uh, interesting. We're getting into pivotal areas here, both in the dollar and and some of the key uh, indices uh, looking very overbought. Technically, we've been uh, discussing and and some signs of momentum divergence, depending on where you look, and very stretched uh, equity markets technically in Europe. So interesting to see if this can continue, uh, this uh, remarkable melt-up in sentiment. We'll see and have a look at where things stand tomorrow with the next Saxo Market Call. Thanks for listening. This has been the Saxo Market Call. For feedback and questions, reach out to us on Twitter at Saxo Market Call or by email marketcall at saxobank.com.